Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We launched this show in July 2015. When we went on the air, KRVS in Lafayette was as it still is, a mostly music station. We didn't know if we'd had a single listener to a show about Acadiana business. Even knowing that, our very first guests, Matt Staller from Staller Inc. and Anya Burgess from Solar Violins, were gracious enough to come on the show. In the intervening years, Out to Lunch has gone pretty popular on KRVS and podcasting has gone mainstream. Now we have a large radio and podcast audience with listeners in Acadiana, across the country and around the world. So, given that there's a pretty good chance wherever you are that you didn't hear Anya Burgess or Matt Staller on our initial broadcast, we're going to rectify that right now. Though he's too modest to say it himself, Matt Stuller is arguably Acadiana's most successful business person. Here are a few facts to back that up. Stuller Incorporated makes 200,000 pieces of jewellery for over 40,000 jewellery outlets worldwide. It's one of the largest jewellery manufacturing and distributing firms in the United States with facilities in Bangkok, Barcelona and three plants in North America, including right here in Lafayette where there are over a thousand employees. Stella Inc. is a huge and hugely successful company that Matt has grown from its infancy in the early 1970s. Matt, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you back to Out to Lunch. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be back. Anya Burgess is a fiddle player who started out fixing her own and other people's violins on her dining room table. That eventually turned into a business when Anya opened her storefront, Solar Violins, in downtown Lafayette in 2014. As a musician, Anya has been nominated for a Grammy twice. Once each with both of her bands, Bonsoir Cartin and the Magnolia Sisters. Anya, thank you for being here and welcome back to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. We often close out this show by asking our guests, where do you want your business to be in three to five years? I thought this might be a good place to begin, to start this show from where we left off in 2015. So let me ask both of you the same question. What's happened to your business in the last three years? And more specifically, what has changed in ways that you weren't expecting? Who wants to take this first? Well, when I was here last, which was a few years ago, I was in a very small space um, in the same building I'm in now. Um, but at, I knew at that point, I'd only been in that space for six months, but I already knew that I was, I was outgrowing it. Um, it took me a couple of years to actually move to a larger space where I am now, right at the corner um, in a nice uh, space downtown Lafayette. Um, and then, so the business has expanded um, in a very kind of natural, organic way from, from where I was a few years ago. And what lessons have you learned in that time about running a business? I guess I've, I mean, I've learned how to run a business. <laughs> yes. I mean, when I, when I was here before, you know, I really had just started. I'd only been there uh, with, a, with a retail location for a few months. Uh, so now, you know, I've, my feet 
are a little more planted there. Um, I have two employees. Uh, I feel a little more comfortable as a boss than I did at that time. Um, and you know, everything about the business is on a larger scale than it was before. Um, I haven't made any major shifts in, in you know, the design of my business, but it's just kind of, it's more of, of, of what I always intended it to be. So. And Matt, I know three to five years is a, a small time in the history of Stella, but what's happened in, lately that you weren't expecting? Oh my goodness, you know, three years seems like such a long time, and yet three years is a blink of the eye. And of course, you know, at Stellar, we're always customer focused, so our business is changing all the time with the paradigms of what our customers are demanding. So design and styling is a really big thing today, more so than ever before. The manufacturing processes are changing very, very quickly. And I think most especially today, in staying up with the world markets, you know, it's all about talent, you know, at Stellar. And so being able to find, you know, smart, you know, really young and invigorating and exciting talent that they don't know they can't do it uh, has really, really been fun. So we're continuing to change, you know, a lot of our generations. Uh, we have four generations in the business. Not, not family, but four generations of, of work. And uh, it's really been exciting to see the young and dynamic folks that are within our organization. And Stella's always been on the cutting edge of everything. I know that in the 70s, you did toll-free ordering for the first time. In the 80s, you introduced next-day delivery way before Amazon was heard of. And in the 90s, your customization op options and online purchasing for the first time. And then in 2000, the jewelry design software took over. So how do you keep staying on the cutting edge and what's next? Well, staying on the cutting edge is actually pretty easy. Uh, you know, going out and looking at different industries and the way they do the business, whether it's distribution, whether it's manufacturing, and certainly listening to our customers uh, continues to keep us changing the paradigms of the way business is done. Anya, you, how much of your time do you still get to spend with wood and hand tools actually doing the thing that you first loved and how much time is it now business so the way I design my store my sales counter is actually also my workbench and that was a, a very intentional thing um, when I'm when I'm in my store um, I mean I'm always in the middle of a project um, so my sales counter has an area where it's just all tools all the time and, and when somebody comes in and, and brings an instrument for me to look at I have to push aside kind of my workbench aspect and then you know make room for their instrument to to evaluate so um, obviously more of my time now is spent with managing inventory and um, all of my rental accounts and all that kind of thing but I'm still the main person in the store doing restoration work. So you get to hear from your customers as they come in and they're chatting to you, so you know yes. the zeitgeist, you know what's going on in, in the world of violins and the Very world much. of music. Yes. Matt, how do you do that with your customers being worldwide? How do you find out what they want? How do you get information from them? How do you stay in touch with them? Uh, today our business has been transformed substantially where at one time all of our business was over the telephones. Today is only 40% of our business and the rest of it is on the web. 
So we're very sensitive on collecting data on our customers and trying to personalize our business so our customers don't feel like we've gotten too big uh, for you know their needs. Um, so it's really been a lot of fun. So we bring lots of customers to Lafayette. And we get to show them you know great facilities, uh, but most especially you know is we befriend them and we listen to them and then we respond to their needs. And yet. Moving here was a big part of what you do. You fell in love with the culture. You found a place that appreciated music and you could use your skills. Yep. Do you think you'd be running a business if you lived somewhere else in the country? Was that part of the plan? Or no, would you... not at all. I'm a very reluctant businesswoman. Um, I, had I think a... that's the title of a novel, The Reluctant Businesswoman. Honestly, woman. I never expected that I would be running a business. I was always a person that um, never wanted to follow the rules, set my own path. I convinced the, the college that I went to to allow me to design my own major, um, just to kind of cater to what I wanted to study. Which sounds like qualities of a good businesswoman. But I also very much kind of... Um, I was always very artistic. I never thought, you know, I was I always saw kind of the darker side of business and didn't want any part of that. And I probably, you know, it took me about four or five years of, of running my own business before I finally owned the title of business owner. Um, and so, um, you know, now I... I I take it on as a challenge, you know, having to learn a lot of new skills that for so long I, I wanted no part of. Um, but now it's just like, hey, embrace it and try to do, you know, do the best I can. And do you think your particular business would work anywhere else in the world? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, almost every uh, city the size of Lafayette has a violin shop. Can you eventually a... have plans to make it a big chain and be a national? Well, I mean, surprisingly, Solo Violins is one of only a handful of violin shops in the entire state. Um, and so, yeah, maybe one day, you know, if, From if, reluctant if business I get bored, to empire builder. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so, you know, Anya, it's interesting listening to you describing yourself. Yeah. Because I would say that is a mirror image to me. Really? Oh, my goodness. I was an outside-of-the-box thinker. Yes. You know, I always wanted to do it my way. I mean, there was nobody more of a rebel, yeah. you know, than yeah. I was. I yeah. mean, I love, you know, being on the other side of everything. Yeah. But I also cherish, and I am passionate, I love entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I love business. And I've always done that ever since a small child. And, uh, you know, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's lots yeah, of fun. Yeah, you know, making your own rules and... Uh I mean, you can't, you can't break them if you create them. So. Yes, yes. One of the things you do do as well as retail in your store is you have music lessons for kids. And that's not just about teaching them an instrument. There's a lot of life skills. Can you tell me about the life skills they get from learning Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, one of my missions in life is just to get more people playing music. I mean, music has brought such joy and depth into my life. I mean, my entire world at this point um, is music, and it's just it's been incredible. So... You know, my goal is to get good quality instruments, affordable, good quality instruments into the hands of kids so that they can kind of take it and grow with it and eventually, you know, just who knows where it leads. But they're also learning discipline and right. creativity exactly. and a whole lot of other lessons that they can take into the world. Yeah, exactly. And just, I mean, just it, it brings you into like a whole other um, social world of music and just what you gain from it is, I mean, priceless. So... 
You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with musician Anya Burgess from Solar Violins and Matt Stuller from Stuller Inc. Matt, the joy of having a, a big business is that you actually help other businesses. I know even around your Lafayette facility, other businesses grow up that serve your employees. Is it true that you're one of FedEx's biggest customers? Oh, you know, at one time I think we were. I think we certainly uh, are in this area, but not like we were at one time being in the southern United States. Uh, you know, today everything is just in time. Everybody's shipping everything very quickly. Uh, overnight delivery is just part of the changing paradigms where everyone is in a hurry for everything. Very different than what it was in the past. So we certainly love, you know, Federal Express. Uh, we certainly use UPS an awful lot as well. <laughs> there are other carriers out yeah. there. Do I, need to to put both, I need to put both yes. of those guys yes. into this. Um, and they're valuable partners for us. And I know that you work with a lot of mum and pup jewelers and small companies that, that you keep going. Has Amazon changed the way people buy jewelry? Do they still go to those stores or do they just want to buy online now? Well, actually, I think Amazon has been really, really good for our business because, you know, 40 years ago when we said we were going to ship it that night and it would go U.S. mail and you'd get it overnight or in three or four days, uh, you know, that was a novel and people really didn't kind of expect that. And today, you know, with the likes of Amazon and eBay and others, uh, everybody expects if you order it, you're going to get it tomorrow. And do you still put, put a piece of candy in with we it? We have always put a little, su- what we call a sussy. A sussy, to- that's a very southern term for a present. Uh-huh. Yes. That's, who thought of that? Was that your touch at the beginning? Oh, that absolutely was. I always wanted to give a little more than what they expected. And so that was our lanyard. Matt, you started off, you had full control over this business, and then it grew way beyond you. How much do you delegate, and was it easy when you first started delegating? Well, you know, boy, I guess I need to confess here. You know, it's always difficult to delegate, uh, particularly when it's, if you will, your baby. And it's your name on the company, literally. Well, you know, that puts a little bit more pressure on it, no question. Uh, But I tell you, as the business grows, you can't do it all. And then after a period of time in allowing others to really help take charge and to do the work, the delegation really becomes fun because it limits yourself if you don't allow others, you know, to take charge. And I am so pleased with such a great management team today. And uh, they run, you know, circles around me now. And uh, I think they run the business really much better than if I was, you know, actually the COO today. So it's been good for me. When you started Stunner, branding wasn't even a term that people used. It was still something that happened to cows. And now a brand is such an important part of business. But you developed your brand before the term. How much attention do you pay to that brand now? Well, you know, it's interesting because we sell almost all jewelers that we don't brand ourselves to the consumer. We really brand ourselves to the jeweler. So branding is important in a way, but it's much smaller than, than consumer brands because the jeweler really doesn't want their customers to know it's coming from Stuller so that the consumer doesn't go to another jewelry store down the street and are able to get the same product. So we work very hard on branding, but we don't do it to the consumer. It's to a specific market. That's correct. Anya, 
and you started your business in a time when branding was definitely a thing. Yeah. How much attention did you pay to your brand and how much did you just get on with this is what I do and the brand will develop? Um, I hired a team to help me with the branding because that wasn't something, I mean, I, my brand has always just, had always just been me. Honestly, and uh, it's a pretty good way to start a brand. Yeah, I mean, it is a good thing. Although now I'm at the point where I want to, um, you know, I want it to be okay if I'm not at the store because a lot of people would come in expecting for me to be there all the time. You know, if the brand is wrapped up completely in me, it kind of ends up limiting me and my, um, you know, coming in and out. Um, and just being, you know, having the flexibility that I always wanted and envisioning, you know, life as an entrepreneur. Um, part of what inspired me to be, to have my own business is that I never wanted anybody else telling me what hours that I needed to work or when I could go on vacation. It's freedom. We do this for freedom and exactly. then we work more hours than ever. Well, that's, yeah, that's reality. Um, but now I'm at the point where I, I sort of need to extract myself a little bit from the brand and just, you know, make everybody feel Yeah, it's realizing that you are with, not your yeah, business. You exactly. are separate. Your brand yeah. has to, yeah. But I'm very, very um, committed to the brand being of a certain quality. I mean, I'm probably hyper committed to that. I want people to, to associate Soul of Islands with, you know, just quality craftsmanship. So... So I think it does. you're sitting here with someone who's built, you know, Justin Lafayette has a thousand employees. You have two at the moment. Yeah, I could learn a lot from you, Matt. Yes. <laughs> Let's have lunch again. Do you have a burning question for Matt about how do you get from... How do you, you delegate? <laughs> delegate? Delegating, you know, when you were talking about delegating, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, that's, that's probably my biggest struggle because I have a, a level of quality that I that I am committed to, but, you know, the amount of time that it takes to train somebody to get to that level of quality. And it's allowing is, the, as long as yeah. the result is correct, it's allowing them to find their own way to do it that I think is the hardest thing because we all exactly. think our way is the best. Matt, yes. did you, was that a trouble at the beginning? Did you think you have to do it my way? And when did you learn to let them do it? Well, it was interesting. I always, you know, wanted my folks to uh, do it my way. And you know now I realize, oh my goodness, is that them doing it their way, for the most of the time, is a better way you know, yeah. than the way. Yeah. Than so the do way you I just have. work on the outcomes? This is what we want to achieve here, and let them find their own way to get that. There is no question about it. So you know you you know you game plan. You know you talk about where you want to go, and it's really important, particularly today, is that you you, you don't want to. You don't want to cuff them. You yep. don't want to, you know, give them a short leash. Yep. Um, Try not to micromanage too much. You don't yep. want to micromanage, and then you just want to continue to discuss and and get people committed uh, on where we need to go and whatever that mission is. And we get out of the way and let them go do it. And you and Matt, this is the part of the show that we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got that great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for. Well, not in your case, Matt. No one's telling you to apply for a job. Or this guy you should have a cup of coffee with or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might be really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice? How did it turn out? I have, you know, received, as everybody, received a lot of advice over the years. I'm sure people come into the store and give you advice every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I don't listen to most advice. I just have to be honest. That's probably the best advice I would give you. (laughs) Um, But 
starting out my business, you know, at that point when I was probably in my early 20s trying to figure out my life, um, a very good fiddle player locally, David Greeley, um, knew that I had been to a violin making program, knew the skills that I was developing, and suggested to me that I start repairing instruments here locally because there was nobody else in the area doing it and there was a great need for the, the restoration repair of, of instruments, so many musicians around. and Clumsy musicians. <laughs> you know, at that point, being in my early 20s, I, I didn't have a lot at stake, uh, no family, no major bills or anything like that. I was driving a, you know, an old car and happy with that. Um, but I, so I took the leap. I decided to, to, to go for it, and it, it grew very organically. Um, I didn't even know at the time the, the amount of need in, in the business that I was embarking on. So um, I credit him you know, with giving me that piece of advice and, and starting me on my way. You know, it's interesting. I love listening to advice. And, of course, in your own business, you know a lot of the complications that sometimes advice isn't good. But it's really good to embrace, and the most important thing I believe I've ever learned is to listen. Because in listening, you can hear these little nuances that are very important in the direction that you want to go. I'll never forget, you know, years back, one of the things that I wish I would have done that I didn't do in advice uh, is that I had uh, a local bottling company in Lafayette. Now, this is back in the late 70s, and they wanted to start bottling water, and they wanted me to partner with them. And, you know, I that immediately... That must have seemed outrageous at the time. Oh, my goodness. Well, I used to, you know, just drink out of the hose, you know, outside. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. You have water coming out of your tap. You have water in, in the hose. Why, Why in it? the world would anybody want to put water in a bottle so and sell it? So, I mean, immediately it was absolutely no. That's the most ludicrous idea. And, uh, of course, I probably should have taken advantage of that. <laughs> but then we might not have what we have now. And both of you have businesses that also put beauty into the world. And that kind of fascinates me. How important is that? Would you still do it if you made no money from the business just because you know that you're making the world a better place? So my business is right in the heart of downtown Lafayette, with, which, you know, a lot of people have memories of when it wasn't such a great area. Um, but... I very intentionally located my business in the middle of downtown for that very reason. You know, I want to be part of the solution. It's such a beautiful store, and I, I want to be something that kind of redeems, you know, downtown in my own little way and kind of spurs growth um, around me. So it's really important to me, um, you know, just to have a good, beautiful spot. And it's definitely done that as you've moved into a bigger building, new businesses have moved into yep. the smaller space. Yep. Yeah, when I moved into that building uh, four years ago, the, in, the entire first floor was vacant. And so, now you can't get a space yeah, in that building. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Well, I can tell you, I, um, people listening to this will think that I'm absolutely crazy. And maybe I am. I can vouch but for that, yes. Everything that I've ever done in business was never about earning money. It was really about satisfying and being of service. And I felt that if we did that well, they would in turn buy from us and, and we would be okay. But I was never driven about the money. I was never driven about the earnings. I just felt that 
if we did it right, we did it well, this was a service organization more than it was a product organization, uh, we would be okay. So, and blessed, we're, we're okay. And I think that goes for any business starting yeah. at any time. Even if you're starting a business on the internet in today's climate, that attitude about service and it not being just about the money is what's important. Definitely, and seeing a need there, you know, that, that you know, things could be done and better and, and filling, you know, filling that need for people locally. Beauty, they say, is in the eye of the beholder, meaning something that I think is beautiful, you may find unattractive. But when we're talking about millions of people buying pieces of jewellery or millions of people buying pieces of music, it seems like there are some definitions of beauty that we can all agree on. Matt and Anya, all of Acadiana is immensely proud of both of your achievements. Although few of us can take credit for the musical or business success you've enjoyed, we can take pride in the culture and the hard work that you've harnessed from here and taken out into the world. I'm not deputized to speak on behalf of Acadiana, but I don't think that anyone would object to me thanking both of you for everything you've done and are doing for all of us here. And thank you for both taking the time to come back and join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure to have lunch with you again, Matt. Oh, my goodness. I've enjoyed this immensely. It's fun talking about business and having a great lunch. You should do this every couple of years. Definitely. <laughs> we'll be back in two years. Sounds great. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Matt Stella, founder and chairman of Stella Inc., and Anya Burgess, musician and owner of Solar Violins. You can find out more about Matt's jewelry and Anya's music and violins by following the links on our website krvs.org and itsacadiana.com The producer of our show is Grant Morris Our technical producer is Eric Morell Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates If you want to know what we all look like you can find photos from the show on our website and Facebook page These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at our websites krvs.org Org and itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Alien Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Collie Saloon. 
Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.